0: Welcome to the Tech Study Hall podcast with your host, my dad, Dr. Rich Smith. Let's get started. Thanks, Finn, and welcome to episode 203 of the Tech Study Hall podcast, where you can go to explore all about 21st century learning and ed tech integration in a safe space hoping to take steps forward in your tech independence. My name is Rich. I appreciate you listening as we go on this uh, learning and ed tech journey together as friends and colleagues. You know, if you're hearing this, I just want to say happy Halloween to all of you. Uh, My goal has been since this year started uh, to get out at least one podcast a month. Um, I was doing every other week for a while. And then as the year started, it was just, it's one of those crazy years, man. And I don't know about you, but I just feel tired all the time, but I love doing the podcast because it just reinvigorates me in a, in a creative way. And um, so I do like to try and make make time for that because I enjoy reaching out to you, and I hope that you enjoy listening um, as we take that journey together. So today, what we're going to do is recap a little, do a little mini recap episode, and that will focus on some ed tech tools uh, and some recommendations from our previous episode. But first, just as a reminder for our first time listeners. Our goal with Tech Study Hall is to inspire educators like yourself to explore new ways to use technology in your classrooms as a way to accent your lessons while using 21st century learning strategies to keep students engaged. Now, whether that's actually using computer technology or not, the way our learners obtain knowledge is different from what we experienced when we were learning, but the one thing that hasn't changed is the importance of relating a learning experience to a world that makes sense to them. Today's objective... In our last episode, that's episode 202, we heard from Dr. Lisa Reason to lead us through some awesome discussion on digital engagement with our students. It was a large episode where we talked about some great tech tools one can incorporate into the lesson to encourage engagement in a digital space. And I wanted to take a little bit of time today to break down some of those tools that were mentioned and sprinkle in a couple of my own as well as we recap the episode with Lisa. Engagement is such a heavy topic right now in education as I think it leads to bigger discussions about learning relatability, student-centered approaches to learning, and helping learners access the knowledge and curate all of that knowledge into a strategic fashion, weighing in as more important than just rote memory exercises. Now, everything in education has happened for one reason or another, and the profession itself continues to evolve as we learn more about ways that people learn. But part of that evolution is recognizing, and as Lisa pointed out, that tech isn't going anywhere. So as we move forward in our profession, let's take a look for ways to embrace 21st century classroom strategies as we talk about some of those tools now. Time for the lesson. As I mentioned in the objective, please keep in mind that these tools and others are out there not, they're not the answer to our prayers to encourage engagement from our students. They do, however, provide a platform to encourage discussion provide alternative ways of learning, and or appeal to our learners in the space where most might feel more comfortable. You know, certainly not everyone adapts easily to technology either, so we found ourselves on a doorstep of creating flexible landscapes for our students. In my studies and discussions with many educators, I found that learners respond best when they can relate the learning to something of interest to them. A way to answer the question that I even remember hearing as as I was younger was, when am I ever going to use this? I thought about that a lot in geometry, and now that I'm teaching things like robotics and um, some other STEM concepts that I find myself saying, yeah, here's when I'm going to use that. Um, but I wish I would have been able to think about that and put that into context when I was younger. Well, the time has come where information is so accessible to our learners and educators that you know we have to begin answering those kinds of questions because that sit-and-get approach to learning just does not resonate with our learners today, at least not all of them. They have so much information at their disposal that we have to now shift our focus in education and show them how to curate that data into a way that is logical and relates to them. And to aid in this, we use technology to accent lessons, not control it, to break the information down into manageable chunks. So let's hit our first tool, as we discussed uh, during our episode with Lisa, keeping in mind that uh, I don't get any compensation from these tools whatsoever. So it's not necessarily an endorsement but simply a buffet of options when looking to digitally enhance or engage your students. The first tool I wanna talk about is one called iReady. Now with varying levels of learning from our students, it stands to reason that uh, we need tools like iReady to gauge where our learners are at in their learning journey iReady uses actionable data combined with personalized learning to create a custom learning module to help with differentiated instruction. And that's the one thing we always hear about with teachers. You know, when do I have time to differentiate? When do I have time to conference with my students? Well, you can use iReady to kind of help gauge where they're at, where their readiness levels are. And uh, they have a dashboard for teachers that can give them in-the-moment information as students are completing tasks that provide them with the data they need to switch gears and learning pathways. They help to measure growth, um, access to grade-level needs, and track standards measured and achieved as well. And they use standards based on the state, so you can look up your state and figure out which standards that you need to use and which to measure your students' learning. Um, So it's all based on where you live. And there is a free trial so that you can give it a try to see if it may help make a difference in your differentiated instruction and uh, make it a little easier for you. Now, the next tool for engagement that Lisa mentioned was one called Vizia. And uh, in, in the month since our last episode, Vizia's website has changed. So I'm not quite sure that that tool is available now. But it was a tool that allowed you to create assessment questions embedded into your video. And it was absolutely free. Now I'm going to go back to one of my favorite tools that does the same thing and kind of takes it to another level now. And that's Edpuzzle. I had a good uh, friend of mine mention this tool to me a few years ago as we co-taught a course together and it totally flipped the script for my instruction. I loved it so much that my doctoral capstone was based around Edpuzzle. So you can pretty much take any video and embed comments, um, audio notes, questions of the like into the video and then add it to your collection and then share it easily with your students to collect data beyond belief about the learning happening in the course. You get to see things like how many times they approach the question. Did they watch the video all the way through? Did they get it right or wrong? And then you have the opportunity to give them partial credit. You can offer some, some feedback if they go back into the puzzle and take a look at the graded puzzle. Um, I really love um, some of the evolution that's happening at Puzzle right now too. This year they added an option for students to record themselves responding to questions to keep the conversation going in a more auditory fashion. Now, this tool continues to impress me every time I go into it. Um, And I am going to caution you to go back to season one. I had the privilege to talk to the CEO of Edpuzzle, Kim Sabria, and talk about how the company began. It's a fascinating story. And I really love the fact that it was a teacher who saw the need to flip the script in education and then he sat down with a team of people to make it come to life. So this is a great way to assess learning through video, uh, collect data on instructional integrity, to, to meet the students' needs, and, and heck, even ourselves as we're going through and trying to figure out, is this video accomplishing the task of what I want my students to learn? So it gives us a lot of, of data in the background as well about our own instructional observations as we're giving things for students to do so that we can go back and make sure that it's meaningful for that learning transfer. So make sure you check out Edpuzzle if you haven't today. I know that you can do, I think it's up to 10 videos for free in your library, and then you can start working on a subscription. But really, the subscription for Edpuzzle, for a building of teachers uh, where I work really was affordable, and it's a tool that they have really come to embrace, especially since the pandemic. Um, and, again, just gives you chock full of, um, of information when it comes to your instruction and your students' engagement. Now, the next one that uh, Lisa mentioned was one called FET, P-H-E-T, and uh, this was developed out of the University of Colorado Boulder, um, and FET is really impressive in terms of functionality. And what I really enjoy about it is that it's free. It's a free resource and it's run by a nonprofit as part of the university. And it provides some great simulation activities for science and math. It provides learners with the ability to see concepts taught in science and math and um, come into actionable activities virtually, uh, which comes in handy for a virtual lab um, if, it's ne- if it's necessary for you or just a cool way to accent a science lesson if you're face-to-face. And as a teacher, you can even flip it to use it as an instructional aid to reinforce a concept. Um, And again, you can use it to complement your lesson through demonstration. What I truly enjoy about the digital demonstrations with FET is that it's based on research and designed collaboratively with teachers and students involved in the design process. It is really interactive where one can change settings or test different materials, and you can see what effect that has on your demonstration in real time virtually. It really provides students with a safe space to test um, theories, to develop hypotheses, and test on a global scale because um, you can collaborate with other people around. And I, I had a ball testing it out myself. It truly made me wish that I had taught in, in the sciences area. Uh, if you do check it out, I recommend test, testing out the John Travoltage simulation on static electricity. It took me a second to get it, but I had to have a lot of fun once it got, uh, once it got going. Uh, So give it a try if you want to have a little bit of fun while learning about the principles of static electricity. Now, the next tool that was mentioned by Lisa was one called Tovuti. And uh, this is a great LMS option, uh, and it gives the user some great opportunity to measure engagement, design digital lessons, create badging opportunities, initiate digital discussion, and other digital collaborations um, all set in one spot. So if you're designing coursework for all to take advantage of, uh, you can even sell tickets through an event creation to promote your courses. You can limit the course registration to just those invited as well, though, too. So this LMS does come at a price, though, uh, which is dependent on the number of users that you have, but the data it collects and the tools for creation and the ease of having just one platform connecting all of your tools uh, seem to offset the cost. I mean, it's, it, I think as far as LMSs goes, it's pretty comparable, if not uh, a good deal in terms of finding something that might be workable for your solution. Uh, you can create online quizzes. You can embed videos very similar to that, what we just talked about in Edpuzzle. Uh, create badges and certificates for milestones and more. Uh, Many times we struggle to find an LMS that is user-friendly, and Tovuti does appear to be a good solution in that respect. So if you're in the market for a new solution for a learning management system, it's definitely a good opportunity to find something new. Now, the next one wasn't really brought up in our discussion, um, but it's one I'm going to throw in in the mix, and that's Parlay. I wanted to throw that one in there because um, it's one of my favorite tools for engagement. Parlay provides teachers the opportunity to create online forums for discussions where students can respond to writing prompts. Uh, they can interact in that way, or you can even create a live roundtable uh, which provides uh, student voice and in a live forum discussion. Now, one of my favorite pieces with Parlay is the data that it provides behind the scenes for instructors. Now, notice I'm very big on data, but what I focus on when it comes to data of of instruction is for my own reflection, you know, my own uh, craft, if you will, in teaching to see if I'm asking the right questions or to see if it's, you know, when students are dropping off in terms of engagement It's not necessarily for that aha moment, which is where a lot of people tend to go when they're looking at software and data. Um, And and surely you have opportunities for that as well if that's something that you're into. But really, I look for data to see where the engagement is and where it's dropping off. And, um, you know, for my own craft and reflection to see if I can uh, change up my instruction a little bit, maybe keep it a little fresh. So it's great because you can see how much the learner is interacting with the discussions. Um, There are links you can attach to just about any LMS, um, but the tools that you will see uh, can definitely link to your discussion to Google Classrooms and Microsoft Teams very easily. Now, the last one that I'm going to mention for this episode is Kahoot. And uh, Lisa called this one out during our time in episode 202. And there are many sites out there today that are very similar to Kahoot. You might see a Quizizz, or you might see, um, uh, you know, any of those other types of um, survey kinds of, of, the, of software. Um, so you can choose from your favorite Kahoot, um, you know, and Kahoot was one of the first ones that I discovered in teaching. And I can see why it is one of Lisa's for uh, listing as a great engagement tool for learning. I like these kinds of tools because you can create a game and enter that type of arena with your classroom uh, to help with the rote learning needs or some reinforcement um, of, of uh, topics in your classroom, uh, students can engage with these tools independently as well. And what I like it is, um, there's one that I use. I think it was Quizizz, which is um, they could kind of turn it into digital flashcards on their phone. And so if they're on a student activity and they're on a bus or if they're hanging out with their parents in the car, they can they can don't have to worry about physical flashcards in their hands. They can turn on their phones and just kind of swipe through some of the concepts. So it's a way to have their study materials on the go, if you will. Um, it's just something different that you can do with your students to keep their interest peaked and uh, shake up the learning a little bit. And with all of these tools, isn't that what our goal is? To keep the interest of the learners using tools and strategies that keep their interest geared towards learning. And uh, before we wrap things up today, I'm going to throw a little shout out here. I want you to listen to a little message that I've made for my friends at TreeFish.edu. Hey, everybody, this is Rich here from Tech Study Hall. I just wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to my friends at TreeFish.edu who have put together an amazing resource for teachers called My Ed Tech Bundle. For the smallest of nominal fees, you can extend a premium trial for a tech tool you've always wanted to try out for yourself. If uh, two weeks or a month is not enough for you to try a piece of software for our classroom, you know, my EdTech bundle is a great way to buy a little more time at a fraction of the cost. If you buy more than one tool, they'll offer you a bundle price, and honestly, you can. This can be so addicting. I'm looking at all these tools and I want to get them all. Uh, So for the full list of the trials that they offer, head over to www.myedtechbundle.com and see for yourself how you can explore these tools at your own pace. I'll be putting that link in the show notes, but that's again www.myedtechbundle.com for some extended free trials for a nominal fee. And make sure if you reach out to them, tell Eric, Kyle, and Nick that Rich sent you. Time to wrap it up. I really hope you enjoyed the the sampling of digital tools and, and, as I mentioned before, that digital tool buffet that I've recapped today from our discussion with Dr. Lisa Reason. All of the links for the tools that we've shared in today's episode will be in the show notes. So if you want to check out the show notes, um, I've kept Dr. Reason's um, links in there as well. So if you need to reach out to her, if you want to go back and listen to the episode, Um, If you want to follow her on Twitter, by all means, please do that. She's an amazing mind, and I really enjoyed studying with her. Um, You can check out the book link for creating the Anywhere Anytime Classroom, the Blueprint for Learning uh, in grades K to 12. And, um, you know, really just check out some of the tools. And, again, check out My Ed Tech Bundle. It's a great way for you to start getting yourselves prepared to, you know, explore some of these tools that we've been talking about and to embrace that, that vulnerable spirit. Again, if you've not had a chance to listen to episode 202, we really dig deep into some concepts of why engagement is so important, whether you're digital or whether you're face to face, you know why it's important to relate that learning experience to a world that relates to them. And I know that's part of my mission uh, with tech study hall. So that conversation was I felt very right at home um, having Lisa on the show. And, uh, you know, it can be a daunting task as an educator today and to find that right tool for everyone. And I, I don't want you to think that you should keep that as a focus, but rather finding the right tool that gets the message across to reinforce your lesson. What the point is here is that you're going to try and make and do what is the best way to elicit a response from your students that will signify that they're getting the message learned. What should always be our focus, and this task should be our focus when planning any lesson is how we can reach our students. Um, and really, I'm going to reinforce this again, make it relatable. Answer that question for them. When am I ever going to use this? You know, think about the tools that are at their disposal, you know, and what do we do? You know, I know this as teachers and the conversations that I've had with other educators, they, they often say, you know, Google is 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 such a, a such a pain for educators because they can just look everything up and they think they know everything. Well, guys, I got news for you. What do you do? What do you do when you're looking up something that you don't know? Do you Google it? I know I do. Uh, Do I go to YouTube to try and figure out how to fix something or work on something? Absolutely. And that's what our students are doing too. They're looking things up. And so I think in order to stay relevant in education today, we really need to come to understand that that's just something they're going to have at their disposal. And so wouldn't it be better to teach them how to make sure they're looking for the right things online and making that part of what learning is going to be, how to take that data, how to make it something meaningful? and look up the information to know what's good data and what's what's uh, made up data. you know we need to embrace that and make that part of our lessons. And you know sometimes it can be scary for us as educators too. And sometimes you know putting in new systems or if you're a person who says um, I, I'm not really good with technology I challenge you to put the word yet those three powerful little letters at the end of that sentence I am not good with technology yet. Get to a point where you're making yourself comfortable with that technology. We all have the capability of doing it. You know, as educators, we've been trained. It's been ingrained in us that we're forever learners. We're going to be forever learners as long as we're in this profession. And, yes, that's sometimes why we do get so tired because we're constantly taking in new information and making sure that our students know what to do with the information that they're getting as well. And, again, it's at their fingertips all the time just like us. And so sometimes when we're putting in new pieces of technology, this may mean that we have to embrace our own vulnerability when, it, when using digital tools for engagement. I love partnering with my students and colleagues because it helps to build community and increase efficacy all at the same time. And that end result is a shared satisfaction in learning on different levels between tasks and collaborative spirit. I have students that I've learned from um, and has really made the difference in my instruction today because I left myself open to the possibility that I don't know everything, and I don't. I, I have always known that, but, I mean, just the fact that it was confirmed that I can learn with them and not just they don't have to learn just from me, but they can. I can learn from them as well. And some of those students I still keep in very much contact with today Um, I appreciate our relationship in terms of um, friendship and in terms of a professional atmosphere that we continue to share things with each other even, you know, after they graduate. You know, that collaboration is going to be more powerful than any set of figures or data that you're going to ask them to memorize because you're forming a community with that student, that forever learner that goes beyond just the classroom, but it's going to connect them to the school and it's going to become a fun memory for them. I still have students that share memories for me from when I taught in junior high. um, You know, when I, when I'm teaching at the high school level, now I've even had some where I've taught at the college level that I run into. And it's so funny because I've taught on so many different levels. Now people will say, Hey, I had you for class. And I always have to ask them which walk of life was I in when we had that experience together. Um, and and it's a great way to catch up and and I'm really good with faces, sometimes not so great with names. So I apologize in, in advance if I can't remember the names all the time. It usually will come to me as I'm driving the car on the way home, uh, what the, what the name might be if they don't share it with me. But you know, that, that collaborative spirit is what we need in education to keep that spark alive. You know, I've talked to many educators, um, about how hard this year has been and, uh, where's our joy, you know, things have become, so much of a hot-button issue in everything in education today. Um, And and I could go on and on about my views and, and what's going on there, but that's not what you're here for. But what I want you to really focus in on to avoid all of that noise in your life is to help yourself remember what the joy is that you do this job for, that you've chosen this vocation to help form minds to become Forever Learners themselves. Where's your joy in education that helps people to understand that learning is a process that never stops at graduation? It just keeps going. And so when we look at that collaborative spirit, I also want you to remember I love to talk to you. I'd love to have you on the show. If you have something that's working that blends the best of learning and technology, let's keep that conversation going. I'm going to be releasing some ways to do that other than just email or following me on Twitter. But for now you can reach out to me on Twitter at drsmith underscore ed or via email, which is rmstechspot at gmail.com. Um, but, you know, do reach out to me because I love sharing. I love growing. Um, I really hope that you guys had a good time with this mini episode because I know um, it it at least gave me an outlet to be creative again. So thank you for that opportunity and thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Rich here reminding you to give tech a try. Any small steps forward is still part of the greater journey in learning. This has been Tech Study Hall. Class is adjourned. Be well everyone. Music and sound effects used during Tech Study Hall is provided royalty free under the use and mention license from hooksounds.com Other music and sound effects are courtesy of bensound.com and incomtech.com. For more information about how you can be a part of Tech Study Hall, contact Rich at rmstechspot at gmail.com or visit www.techstudyhall.org for follow-up information, research, or contact options.